Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of neuroleptic malignant syndrome found under the psychiatry section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 32-year-old woman is brought to the psychiatric emergency department by emergency medical service for a suicidal attempt. The patient expressed to the hospital staff that she wishes to end her life due to concern someone is attempting to kidnap her. She has a medical history of schizophrenia and has not been adherent to her aripiprazole. The patient attempted to attack one of the security guards due to the belief that he is involved in her kidnapping. She was given multiple doses of intramuscular haloperidol. Approximately two days later, the patient's temperature is 102 degrees Fahrenheit, or 38.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 163 over 95. Pulse is 115 beats per minute, and respirations are 26 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient is diffusely rigid and is profusely diaphoretic. Let's continue with an introduction to neuroleptic malignant syndrome. As a general overview, remember that this refers to a life-threatening neurologic and psychiatric emergency associated with neuroleptic or antipsychotic medication use. It presents with the classic clinical syndrome tetrad of altered mental status, fever, rigidity, and autonomic instability. In terms of the demographics, this is typically seen in young adults, but it can occur at any age. Risk factors include antipsychotic use, both first and second generation, antiemetic use, such as metoclopramide and prochlorperazine, anti-Parkinson medication withdrawal, which is also called neuroleptic malignant-like syndrome or Parkinsonism hyperpyrexia syndrome. In terms of the pathophysiology, it is unknown, but dopamine receptor blockade in the central nervous system is believed to be involved. Conditions that are associated include psychiatric disorders that require high or frequent doses of antipsychotic medications. Moving on to the presentation, in the history, there will typically be the tetrad that occurs over the course of one to three days after neuroleptic use. On exam, one may note altered mental status such as agitated delirium, confusion, catatonia, and mutism. There may be a fever of greater than 38 degrees Celsius, rigidity, which is typically diffuse, and it can be described as a quote-unquote lead pipe rigidity, and patients may also have a tremor in 45 to 92% of cases. There may be autonomic instability, such as tachycardia, and remember that patients may develop dysrhythmias. There may also be hypertension or labile blood pressure, tachypnea, and diaphoresis. One may also note hyporeflexia. In terms of further studies, labs may demonstrate an elevated creatine kinase, which is usually greater than 1,000 units per liter. The basic metabolic panel may demonstrate hypo or hypernatremia, hyperkalemia, hypomagnesemia, hypocalcemia, metabolic acidosis, and acute renal failure, which may occur if there is myoglobinuria. There may also be a decrease in iron concentration. This is a sensitive but not specific finding. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about serotonin syndrome, with key distinguishing factors being that this will have an acute onset, myoclonus, hyperreflexia, and medriasis. Also think about malignant hyperthermia, with key distinguishing factors being that offending agents are halogenated inhalational anesthetics and succinylcholine. In terms of treatment, Remember that prevention is by conservative use of antipsychotics and gradual titration of antipsychotics. 
lifestyle options include supportive care. This is indicated as first line in preventing further complications. Remember that intravenous fluids prevent dehydration and acute kidney injury from myoglobinuria. Also remember that electrolyte repletion is used to prevent cardiac arrhythmias and seizures. Pharmacologic options include discontinuing the offending agent. This is indicated as first line to prevent further progression of neuroleptic malignant syndrome. Another option is benzodiazepines. This is usually initially used along with dantrolene in moderate or severe cases. Specific medications include lorazepam and diazepam. Another option is dantrolene. This is usually given with benzodiazepines in moderate or severe cases, and it is effective in relaxing skeletal muscles. A last pharmacological option is bromocryptine. This is administered after benzodiazepines and dantrolene in order to restore dopaminergic tone. An alternative agent to this is amantadine. Complications related to neuroleptic malignant syndrome include seizure, cardiac dysrhythmia, myocardial infarction, respiratory failure, hepatic failure, acute renal failure, deep venous thrombosis, and disseminated intravascular coagulation. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that most cases resolve within two weeks, and survival is improved with treatment. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to neuroleptic malignant syndrome, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old woman presents to the emergency department after not returning to work for two weeks. The patient is accompanied by her coworker, who went to her home and found the patient hiding inside of the closet. The patient reports that she is being followed and a group of men are plotting to kidnap her. The patient has a history of paranoid schizophrenia, for which she is on long-acting injectable risperidone, but she has not followed up with her psychiatrist for one month. The patient begins to attack the nurse and threatens the security guard. She is eventually restrained by hospital staff and is given intramuscular haloperidol. She continues to be agitated and further doses are administered. After the patient is transferred to the psychiatric floor, she becomes progressively agitated and confused over the course of two days. Her temperature is 102 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 140 over 80. Pulse is 120 beats per minute and respirations are 26 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient does not respond to questions and is looking around the room appearing afraid. Pupils are approximately four millimeters in diameter and constrict to two millimeters with light. She is profusely diaphoretic and diffusely rigid. Laboratory studies demonstrate a leukocyte count of 15,000, sodium of 132, chloride of 99, potassium of 5.3, bicarbonate of 18, BUN of 15, glucose of 115, creatinine of 1.3, calcium of 7.3, AST of 68, and ALT of 72. Which of the following is the most appropriate treatment at this time? And the answer choices are Choice 1, ceftriaxone and vancomycin. Choice 2, ciproheptadine. Choice 3, diazepam. Choice 4, haloperidol. Or choice 5, olanzapine. The best answer to this question is choice 3, diazepam. This patient's altered mental status, fever, diffuse rigidity, and autonomic instability after neuroleptic use, such as with haloperidol, 
are concerning for neuroleptic malignant syndrome. The patient should be immediately given benzodiazepines, such as diazepam. Neuroleptic malignant syndrome, or NMS, is a life-threatening psychiatric and neurologic emergency, presenting with the tetrad of altered mental status, fever, diffuse rigidity, and autonomic instability. Development of NMS is associated with neuroleptic medications, such as first-generation antipsychotics, second-generation antipsychotics, and dopamine-blocking antiemetics, such as metoclopramide. The offending agent should be discontinued, and supportive treatment, such as antipyretics for fever and intravenous fluids to prevent acute renal failure from myoglobinuria, should be implemented. Patients are treated with lorazepam or diazepam, along with dantrolene. Following benzodiazepines and dantrolene, patients are given bromocryptine or amantadine to restore the lost dopaminergic tone. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Ceftriaxone and vancomycin are used as empiric antibiotic therapy in patients with suspected infection. Neuroleptic syndrome can lead to a leukocytosis with the left shift for unclear reasons. Infection would not explain this patient's diffuse rigidity. Choice 2. Ciproheptadine is an antidote for serotonin syndrome, which presents similarly to NMS. Differentiating factors include serotonin syndrome occurring more acutely within 24 hours of serotonin-increasing medication and patients developing myoclonus and hyperreflexia. Choice 4. Haloperidol is a first-generation antipsychotic medication that is useful in acute agitation. Agitation would not explain this patient's fever and rigidity, Administering more haloperidol will worsen the patient's current symptoms and ultimately hasten death. Choice 5. Olanzapine is a second-generation antipsychotic medication that is useful in acute agitation. Although it is less associated with NMS than first-generation antipsychotics, it still has the potential of causing it. In this clinical case, the patient's symptoms will worsen if this is administered. Finally, a bullet summary. In addition to removing the offending agent and providing supportive care, benzodiazepines with dantrolene, followed by bromocryptine or amantadine, are used to manage neuroleptic malignant syndrome. That's all for this review about neuroleptic malignant syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.